one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I used a selfie stick for the first time in my actual life this week. It wasn't, it wasn't as bad as everyone said it was. Wool. Yeah. How, how do you know I'm a wool? Because yeah. you use one fairly no. often too. No, I don't. You do? When? Last week. When? When you do the new show. Not at all. No? It's not. It's a tripod. It's a tripod selfie stick. Uh, the selfie stick attachments in the box. <laughs> is it a handheld, extendable thing that grips your phone on the end? Yeah, it's a selfie stick. Um, it was good. That is in the box. Though, I yeah. didn't feel as though I, um, I, I, I was like a, a, a tourist. I felt, I felt good. Were you in London? No, no, no. I was in the studio. I was, oh, in, right. the, I was in this room, um, but it was good. Um, and uh, yeah, don't, don't get the me wrong. You put up with the video was dead shaky. That was, Slightly less, shaky, slightly less shaky than the one when I did it with my hands. It's an important difference. Um, so we've got loads of questions and stuff from people this week. This is the the sixth podcast we've done. Technically, wow. we've done we've done loads of podcasts, but this is the sixth of this new iteration of them. Uh, so if you just join us for the very first time, welcome to Redman Podcast, where we talk about Liverpool stuff and we take your questions and we answer them and we have a general. We have a. a I've laugh. got a question for you. Go Were you wearing a half and half scarf when you had your selfie stick? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a jester's hat on my cock. Um, wasn't Why? related to football. Why? Just, you know, I, I just liked how it looked. All right, fancy. Nice. Like and whereabouts were you in the studio with that? <laughs> you'll, have to, you'll have to watch Mates TV to find out. Um, Nobody watches Mates TV. <laughs> <laughs> My mum thinks I'm cool. Um, so we've got an opening question this week. I think she's got an automatic like set up on Facebook for you, Paul. Comes from, no, it's just, you'd think that by the amount of stuff First she likes. comment and I like. It's just that she spends a lot of time on Facebook. Um, Daniel Robson. Daniel underscore Robson 98 um, if you could pick any Everton player to be in our team who would it be can be past or present Dixie Dean fucking Dixie Dean go machine lads best sense of all of all time um, yeah really no um, I love that I, I genuinely like the Dixie Dean thing it's it's something there's a, there's a divide bred into you between Liverpool and Everton and of course Evertonian held up on a pedestal of course you know the same way we held up guys from the, from the past obviously um, but it's like the, the, the amount of eye rolling that happens when Dixie Dean's name comes it's the same way as when we mentioned European Cups Yeah, it's just like oh, here, we, here we go again the Dixie Dean shout the man who scored 700 goals in 1922 um, by, by, by playing a different basically a different sport the answer is Gary Lineker ooh 
Unbe- unbelievable centre forwards, mm. like and for Everton as well. Not yeah. like for you the know, one what, season he was there. Yeah, but he was brilliant that yeah. one season, wasn't he? Um, did they didn't, didn't win them the FA Cup. No, I tell you, the other one that I really liked that probably shouldn't be held in such high regard was Andrei Kanchelskis. Former Everton and Manchester United player, mm. I loved him as a footballer when I was growing up. Like yeah. just a great right winger. Yeah, scored a couple of couple of goals on his Merseyside derby debut, no less, mm-hmm. when they beat us in 1995. Yeah, I hated that at the time. Peter Beardsley. Peter, Peter Beardsley. Yeah, it's actually a very good, a very good shout. Um, if I if I had to do one present because it, the, Barnby, the question was asked as well um, by Reese S. Preston Esquire, who's clearly a massive. Um, Bill and Ted's fan which is what I like to see because um, he said one player from the Everton squad not including Lukaku who would you choose uh, so I'll, I'll go present and it's, I, I think his, his stars faded a touch in the last he's season or two diamond. but he's still a diamond <laughs> <laughs> ah Ross ah Ross Barkley um, I, I, you know what that's the right answer that is the, I, I, I would love I'd love because and, and to be honest all that is it Tom Davies? Oh, no, they are creaming themselves yeah, over Tom you Davies. Know, the Ket- the oh, Ketwin Kaiser, as they, as they call him. Well, Toffee TV do anyway. Um, I know I'd, I'd like it because I, I, I like, look, I, I think Trent Alexander Arnold is going to be a really, really good footballer for Liverpool, but I'll, it, so much that'll depend on how he fills out. Mm. He's still young, still very slight as well. Um, and then we obviously we've seen, we just haven't had a, a really good quality, robust. Physical scouser in the team. Oh, you went at the you went at the Legends game though, mate. David Thompson is all of those things is nowadays. He? Oh yeah, he's, he's still, robust he's now. Still five for four. He's robust though. <gasps> he's robust like one of those. You mean rotund? <laughs> we love you, Tomo. <laughs> um, yeah, I would love. I would love someone. Uh, uh, another good quality scouser midfielder. I mean, Ross doesn't love it. Doesn't love the the fight. No. But Davies does. Either one of them, I'd, I'd, be, all, I'd be all over that. But yeah, um, pertinent because, of course, it's hashtag Derby Week across all of Redmen TV and a little bit on Retro and a little bit on Mates as well. Um, <coughs> we've got some amazing content this week lined up around that. I did me top five Derby moments over on Mates TV. We watched, we rewatched, I should say, Liverpool's 4 0, the first of the 4 0 wins over nice, Everton. That was, it? With the lads from Toffee TV right here in the studio, which was absolutely hilarious. We then watched the AJ game over on this, which is not so good. Um, Mersey Cup as well coming up. Mersey Cup, yeah. We took a two-legged affair, took them on. Pez 2017 against the Toffee TV boys. It's a belter. I'll be perfectly honest. This is just between you, me, you, and me, Chris, and Tom, and everyone, and listening, Tom, everyone and listening, and the subscribers people, on the website, and there's people watching the video on the on the website. Um, we had to replay the second leg because we beat them so heavily, and it was unfair. Seven nil. Seven nil. Um, but yeah, so it was a far more competitive second leg. So watch those over both channels, um, and we got loads of other bits and pieces coming up as well. So very, very exciting stuff. Um, let's get straight into it then, Chris. As it is Derby week. Um, and it is the back of an international break as well because mm. we haven't got a game previously to talk about um, but we have got a very very exciting one to look forward to this weekend and this feels to me this has got shades of 13-14 to me and, and not in the same way that like both teams were really on, on, a, on a total high and like Liverpool were going for ultimately going for the title and, and, and yada yada but it feels like the most competitive these two, these two teams have been in a long while with the exceptional most of 13-14 not 
not just competitive with each other as well, though mm. competitive with others around the around the league. Yeah, it's think, not a battle for seventh and eighth. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we've had that a couple of times over the last few years, and it's not really anything to shout home about or write home about, is it? But right now, it feels like the form that Everton are in, and certainly since the turn of the year, they've clawed a lot of points back on the teams higher up the table than yeah. them. Liverpool had that. You know, we we know we had that terrible January. It feels like, because of some of the games that we've had over the last month, that we are clawing our way back into form. Um, and it just feels like the two of each, the two teams are, are coming in at each other, both in a good way. And for me, it makes it such an important derby because I really, truly believe that our top four chances rest on this game. Mm-hmm. And I think that should we go on and beat Everton in this game, I think we'll comfortably make top four. Whereas I think if we draw or lose this game, I think we'll struggle. Yeah, I'm not saying we won't, but I do think that we'll struggle to make top four. Well, it, it changes the narrative, doesn't it? It changes from a Liverpool resurgence to a Liverpool. You know, because we said this, that not um, not winning the other week puts, but not not being able to get get over the line against Man City, it put that into different perspective, didn't it? Because we were looking, we were looking so strong all again in the top four ways. We had the conversation that it was last week, wasn't it? And you know, like, yeah, I've still not sat down and worked out all the permutations as such. I'd give that a week or two, I think. Um, but it, you you're starting to look more and more at the games that the teams have got in hand, and you start to think, yeah, you know, there's, there's having points on the board, but it would be nice to have more points on the board which is yeah. a ridiculously obvious statement but it becomes less and less like you know you don't you, you don't want to be relying on your nearest rivals losing three games between now and the end of the season of because that's a very unlikely thing unlikely thing to happen ultimately um I, one thing that I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping for and I, and I I've said this in a few different places and I have to qualify this statement is that I I hope as far as Merseyside derbies go that this is the first in a in a run in the coming years of really competitive games. And I remember saying this about Liverpool and Man City as well. I love that. I love that rivalry. I want that to be a rivalry because it's a footballing rivalry. Mm. In that instance, it's not one built out of bitterness or whatever. This one definitely is more so, I think, on the, on the blue side. But, <clears throat> I, you know, I still want to get back to a world where Liverpool are the best team in the country and Everton are the you know, second, second best team in the country. And I know <sighs> you have more to, you have to, li- you have to live with it more because your brother's an Evertonian. So I guess it would probably be harder on you, because ultimately a more competitive means Everton are more likely to get get results in these games. No, it's no harder for having your brother an Evertonian or what. You know, I think that's a common misconception, to be honest. I think, you know, you get more stick afterwards, but you still want to win the game just as much as anybody who doesn't have a brother who's an Evertonian. Well, it's the stick I'm talking about. Yeah, so I think, yeah, well, maybe in, that, in that scenario, look, it's been, was it, 18 years since they've beaten us at Anfield yeah. now, and, you know, 228th Merseyside derby, at some point they're going to have to win at Anfield. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's not this season, but... It's difficult for everybody in Liverpool because, and you know, people abroad and stuff. I think the abroad stuff slightly different because there aren't really many Evertonians abroad. Yeah, like you know, my brother went to San Francisco. Uh, Everton thing to watch their Everton when they beat Man City 4-0 he was in San Francisco uh, there was three other people in the entire bar at the, for the game and yeah. that was like after half time yeah. you know he was the only one there for kickoff, and that's what you know Everton abroad feels like it's just yeah. it's just one man who's essentially insane in the club at <laughs> 4 o'clock in the morning and that's, that's, what, that, you know, that's what that's what Evertonians are they're just that insane man who, who like stick and who like to get beat by other teams consistently over the over their lifetime and 
yeah, Liverpool fans have had it really good in the derbies over recent years. Yeah. I think all told, you know, we, we we watched that AJ fan. It was eleven years ago, Paul. Yeah, since their massive derby win, and we've had two four nils in the last few years. Yeah, we're lucky. We're a better side. Yeah, uh, I'd like Liverpool to win the league, and I'd like Everton to finish. Like, that's my dream scenario. I'd like mm-hmm. them in the cup final to beat them every single year. Yeah, that's mainly down to the fact that we do beat them every year. Yeah, pretty much. You know, um, if if it was a bit more even, I'd reconsider whether I want Everton second. Yeah. But, you know, then at that point I might be like, actually, you know what, I'd probably rather have middles per second because we've got, <laughs> we've got their number. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. It's, it's just, you, uh, I think of the planet as it stands is for you and Barry from Toffee TV to do your combined 11s. Combined. Um, and, the you know, he was talking about this notion of eight Everton, Everton players and, and blah, blah, blah. Obviously, I don't want to step on it, but I, I'm not sure about how many Everton players would get into my... Combined eleven, but I think about their squad, and I, I look at I, I, once again. This happened a few times of late. I think there's some you could plug the gaps, the glaring gaps in our squad with the, with a number of their players, and like you know, let's, let, let, rather than fix it down to who would be playing in the first eleven, I think you know, looking at their squad, I think you're looking at. I think you could solve our definitely solve our left back. Issue, and I'm sure we have a left back issue mm. per se. But you know, having late, if, if I could take Leighton Baines, Tom Davies, Ross Barkley, and Romelu Lukaku, yeah, you'd be laughing. Yeah, we'd and be, you'd screw them as well. And we'd be we'd be skinted. Of course, this is the fantasy world where we just we just decide not, not that this is not reality, by the way, because um, it couldn't be. Um, but you know, the, the players they've got in there, they've got some, they've got some. Because we're back to a, a position now where. You see some of the Everton teams of the past. You go back to those Everton teams in the mid noughties and the players that they had in there. You know these are the, and they've got you know they've got a, a good crop of youngsters coming up as well. This is again a good Everton with a, good, a very very good manager as well yeah. and a good a manager who's got a good track record against Liverpool as well. Like so, again should be a this could be one of those derbies that we look back on in years to come as one of those. Watershed moments. It, it really could be, and I think a lot of it depends on what the manager decides to do. Whether he goes three at the back or he stays with four at the back. I mean, the Coleman injury was absolutely horrendous. Mm-hmm. Double leg break. I think every everyone around around football is looking at that. And that is terrible for a guy who's worked so hard from mm-hmm. from where he started from to where he is, and a guy who clearly loves Everton as well. Yeah, you know, signed for was it sixty thousand? They signed him for out, out, out of nowhere, like. Yeah. Who's come in and been one of the right best right backs in the league consistently over probably a six or seven year period. Yeah. Him and Baines were the envy of everybody at yep. fullbacks for at least two years. Mm-hmm. You would you could comfortably say they had the best fullback. So I think for me, Coleman's got a big big decision to make about what he does. Um, I know I was talking to Barry from Toffee TV and he said he'd rather see them go through at the back than see Holgate brought in at right back. Yeah, which I found quite interesting. Well, it's interesting. I've seen ch- chats on Twitter about it and some other Evertonians saying, "God, I, I pray we don't play three at the back." We'll get killed if we play three. What would you be most nervous? What would what would make you most nervous? Um, what would make me most nervous would be for them to just continue playing the way that they're playing, and that's the four at the back. To be mm-hmm. honest, I'd like to see them change it to three at the back because I think it's, I think it's quite downright stupid to change a formation for for a game as massive as this. To yeah. be honest with you, um, now I, I can. You know, if he's got squad deficiencies and stuff, yeah, maybe he has to do that. But it's it's the fluidity that Everton have been playing with. Everybody knows the role, and, and everybody's been playing well together at the moment. And so f- to change that, I would fancy our chances against the three at the back. Yeah. You know, and especially you could almost have one on ones with Coutinho, Firmino, and Mane against three centre backs, and I like them chances. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, how important is it to Liverpool? 
that Jordan Henderson might be back in contention for this game. Uh, I was looking into some of the stats on this actually, and um, Jordan Henderson, we're averaging, I think he's played 25 games this season for us, we're averaging two points a game he plays in in the Premier League, that drops to 1.6 without him. Two, point, two points a game is top four, four yeah, by, exactly. by, by and large. And yeah. we drop to 1.6, we have we score more goals with him in the side, we concede less goals with him in the side, I think it goes to say we win more points, that's mm. probably how that works out. Um He's look. He's one of the top midfielders in Europe now. Never mind the Premier League. You know, look, you, look, you just have to look at his passing stats and the way that Liverpool play with him at the helm. Whether I think it's important that he starts this game, yeah, I probably don't. Yeah, I probably think look if he's if he is one hundred percent, get him in. But if there are any doubts whatsoever, give Chan the opportunity and let him take it with both hands because, quite frankly, he has done over the last couple of games. Yeah, and it's been mentioned, I think, actually, the Rap podcast covered this quite nicely the other week about how he, he, he seems to thrive in those games where it's all it's all, all blood and thunder, it's, yeah. all go, it's all going on. Mike, the thing for me is, and look, Emre Chan can do this, but I, I, again, if they're going to play, let's say they start the midfield of Garner and Davies. Snyderland's meant to be injured, isn't he? Nice. Um, we'll see whether that's the case or not. But if they were to play Davies in this game, this is the Merseyside legends, local lads. You know, they, they, they should be fueled by this and the forwards and the fires of these games. You know, Stephen Gerrard, I mean, just you know, probably just used to get sent off in them loads. But it would be nice to see someone have this lad come into this game thinking, "Oh, great!" You know, I'll play with freedom, and someone's going to go and plant one on him. And I think Jordan Henderson's the kind of guy to do that, and I think he's the kind of guy to do that in the right way. Now we saw Emery Chan really stepped up in terms of his. I think he had a little bit of a running battle with Yaya Torre against Man City, yeah. and I think he thrived on it. Good, um, but there's a difference between him. I think he looks up to Yaya Torre, and I thought that raised his game. I don't. I am less convinced or less confident of an Emery Chan trying to impose his will on someone who he feels he's better than exactly. Already. Exactly. If that's an interesting, sense. it's a really interesting viewpoint, and I suppose you you will know you will not find out the answers to that question until the game itself. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'd like to hope that you're wrong on this. On yes. this, in this case, I'd like to hope that yeah. he just goes on there and continues his form from from coming up against Yaya against Manchester City. But look, Emery Chan's been playing well last couple of games. He's fit in really well. Like Lallana and Wayne and we'll be backing him up um, that midfield has been key in the last three games for me mm-hmm. um, and I think Chan probably deserves to start off the back of that if Henderson's not 100% fit yeah I think that's the, I think that's the interesting one isn't it we kind of said this the other week isn't it that I'm glad at least we're in a position where the conversation can be had mm. where we go well Jordan Henderson's back Jordan Henderson's at 90% say Whatever, I'm just making numbers up there. Um, no, no, they're real numbers. They are real. Yeah, actually, no, you're right. Oh, fine, cool. Okay, I'll go with that then. That's great. Um, Joe Denson starts, no problem. 90 12 is not a real number. 11 Um that We can say. Yeah. Okay, Jordan. You know we don't. You're not. You're not needed. There's no need to throw you in here. There's a lot of games left to play. Well, there's not. Comparatively, there's not. But there's a lot of important games left to play. Each one of these is important to be able to put the best, strongest team out between now and the end of the season. Um, and you'd you'd hope. Again, a month ago, I'd be thinking, Nah, no chance, Emery Chan. Mm. Jordan Henderson's got to go in here. He's so vital. But you know, as you say, he seems to be slowly turning the corner, which is <laughs> this is moves. what Chan does. Isn't it? Let's be honest. <laughs> with you. Yeah. But, no, what you said, what you said a minute ago was right. Jordan Henderson would thrive in this game. 
this is the type of game where John Henson steps up, stands toe to toe with someone mm-hmm. and palms them away. Whereas there are question marks over Chan. I think you are right in saying that. I think there are no question marks whether Jordan Henderson can do it. Mm-hmm. He'll go in there, he'll dominate the game if he's at hundred percent. And I think if he does play and he's playing at hundred percent, we'll win the game. Yeah. Because we'll dominate from the middle. Yeah. Um Chan, there are a few question marks and you're not quite sure how that midfield is, but based on the last month and the last month alone, I think we should be all right in the centre of the park. One thing that's really interesting that's just so uh, Empire the Cop put a graphic out and I a few different people got got hold of it. Yeah. Um, about Roberto Firmino, basically the best forward in in Europe, yeah. but doesn't score the goals of the best forward. So we're measuring him not on goals but on everything else. Yeah, good one. Yeah. One. Of every four in Europe's top five league, Firmino's first in sprints, first in chances created, first in distance, good, first in tackles, first in passes, and exactly it's. But he's, he's going to win the golden boot. Well, no, but here's the thing. But it, what, what, what it, but that's a, but that's a, that's a, that's a good point. Like, but what's what's good about it is that. No one, no, no one expects him to be top of that. You know what yeah, I mean. No one's looking at goal. I wonder where he where he stands. Of like. course. But what I like, what what I'd be, what I think would be a concern is if he was like seventh and <laughs> yeah. all those things. You'd be thinking, what do what do you do? But when you consider what it's reinforcing what we already know, isn't it's, it? And it's good that that's what that should be used. For. Yeah, it's reinforcing what we know, but and it's also reinforcing, I guess what we know of what Klopp wants from the role mm-hmm. as well. To, to be perfectly honest, you know, and, and it, it, how do you know he doesn't want third? Doesn't want third or fifth. Yeah. Klopp wants the best, mate. Yeah. Wenger was one fourth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, yeah, I, I think it's really good. And, it, and it, again, it's another thing that, I, that that tells you everything you need to know about why Daniel Sturridge hasn't thrived this season and why I think Divock Origi struggled a little bit because, you know, we, we've not been we've not been as tactically diverse this year as we were last season on the clock we tried a load of different things mm-hmm. we've done a few we've, we've seen hints at a few different we've things we've tweaked rather than yeah you know we've seen okay we've seen us it's been more in game than anything else mm. I think you know we, we've, we've moved to three at the back briefly we've tried a diamond in certain things we've tried 4-2-3-1 but only for spells of football matches whereas you know we've said this before about how Liverpool how Liverpool play and how they approach it it's weird and I'm, I'm, I genuinely wonder whether this will carry on next season whether that is the blueprint around everything else therefore therefore is built and it um, be interesting to see actually because if, if, if but what, what's useful is about the Firmino stuff Past all the, the the confirmation bias is, it, you start to form a if you start to form a picture of what you're looking for. I think it makes the scouting for players who fit that bill a little bit easier. Simple fact is, go and look at who's second in all those. This is, this is the thing, and, and look, I love I love these like um, infographics and stat based stuff on players and that. But for me, you've really got to have at least the top five. Yeah, because then you put you paint a picture of what type of player that is, and yeah. whether there is somebody who's second who's scoring thirty goals a season. Mm-hmm. Because it's great having all the it's great having Firmino coming first in all of these categories. But if none of the top five are high goal scorers, that that would make me as a fan go, okay. Well, if we're going to continue with this, where are we going to get the goals from? Yeah, and then I'd reevaluate my opinion of whether there is a striker in world football that can do this job. Or whether we're going to need to get more goals from Sadio Mane, whether Phil Coutinho might need upgrading yeah. to get fifteen to if, twenty goals a season, or if, whether we need a number ten to chip in as well. If Lewandowski and Aubameyang are two and three, and that, then you go, yeah, because you can see that that's clearly another, there's clearly a Klopp theme going. On. No, I agree. It's an, it's an, so an that, that, that's point. where, and this is where we all let ourselves down. Any anyone who produces fan fan like content and stuff, all let ourselves down. Is that it's great to have the shiny veneer. But we need to be able to look beneath that and mm. see what it is to then make a, a balanced and informed decision on things. Does that 
have any impact on this week's stature. It does, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely amazing. I look forward to that one, certainly. Um, got some great comments on that, actually. We've got 11 <coughs> comments on wow. our website. On the website. It's a record. That, that wouldn't surprise me. The most comments since we since we got rid of the forum and started shutting down all the spam bots <laughs> that, yeah. that infested the site many, <laughs> many still years there. ago. There's still 40,000 spam bots. <laughs> if only the, if only you could you could get two pound a month out of spam bots. Oh no. If only. If only. Oh, well. um, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be sat here doing this podcast. <laughs> um we would have our avatars, our three-dimensional VR avatars taking our place as we were sitting off. I would say a beach, but that'd be weird. It'd be lying down. I don't think it'd work in that regard. I've not thought this through. Um, so it's time for getting the bin. Well, we pick one thing. Go ahead, kid. From don't ever. Go ahead, that, kid. That's weird. Let's do it. Let's do getting the bin. <laughs> kid, you're putting kid in the bin, aren't you? Yeah, I'm putting. I'm putting people trying to sound more scouse by saying you've got people go. Lid, like you'd ever, you know what I mean? I get it if you're a lid and it's a thing that comes naturally to you, like you've 16 and all you mates say, but it's yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? No, it's not what I'm putting in the bin, but you're right, it should be. Um, I, so didn't, I didn't say it should be, I like it. Pick one thing, it's there's two types of people who say lid, there's three. There's people again who, for whom it comes naturally, who again, it's part, it's part of your culture, it's, it's a more of a you thing. There's the people who are older who say it ironically, yeah. Uh, and there's people who are older who don't say it ironically. I've got a problem with the the latter of the of, of the three more than the, the the previous two. Why? So, all oh right, okay. What if they just mentioned it in a statement or in a in a sentence, but it wasn't referring to a person? It's more like, like I've got a I've new got lid. A, I've got a, well, for just, my box. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, that, that's always that, wound me up. Okay? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Is that all right, I've got a real problem with <laughs> with fucking nouns and fuck. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, but no, the thing that I want to put in from Liverpool FC culture, I want to put in the bin. And I say Liverpool FC culture, it's it's something surrounding Liverpool culture and it's surrounding the Mayshet Derby because Derby week. We've done a little bit on this in, in the past, but it's the it's the murderers chance, and this is an Everton thing. But I don't think I think Liverpool are to some degree culpable the same way we're culpable with it. When any when whenever football chance and banter goes too far, it's never. There's there's no such thing as, as as it's never it's never a black and white thing it's never one side is the is is the baddie in, in this regard and um but this is an ongoing thing and 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 it is something that affects ever, affects Everton Football Club and you know Liverpool have it because it would be churlish of me to to have a go at you know Ever, Evertonians have a go at like Manx for certain things when there is a there is a percentage of Liverpool's fan base that still sing things about <coughs> Munich and, uh, and blah and blah 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 um, but for, for me anyway it's the, the problem with the whole the, with the murders thing and it's the, the the wall pushing stuff is that the vast majority of the people who are involved in it would never dream of doing it in the normal day to day life but it's that it's that collective gang mentality yeah. that everyone you get together and, you do, and it's acceptable to do it at the footy and it's one of those things where it's not by the way it's not well no completely not and, you know and there's there's I I think the 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 in inverted commas banter from the Manchester derby's crossed the line big time in the last ten years or so I think and I, and and I think that's because I think football culture's gone that way I think there's there's a restraint that's been lost with with a, a culture of people who handed down from generation to generation what's hand, what's be, what seems to be getting handed down now is this notion of we hate them and people taking that at face value and so there's a generation of younger fans who think who genuinely feel hate when 
Anyway, my dad always said to me, don't use the word hate. You have to reserve hate for real strong things, you know, like Nazis and people rapists and pedophiles. And and playing. And they're not playing. <laughs> they got salt on them, you fucking dickheads. <laughs> plastic glasses. Plastic receptacles. But this is the point, isn't it? And, and 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 I think this gets carried down and the whole murder thing is that you know I've seen I've I've seen Everton fans going on about the legitimacy of people's children. And there's I, I think I think there's Again, Liverpool are not free and clear of this because we've sang songs about people's wives and stuff like this in football matches and stuff, which again I think crosses the line. Um, but then the line continues to get played. And if you're getting like, if something's funny, because mm. this is the difference, we go from the 80s when Evertonians used to call Kenny Daglish Kenny Dogfish. Like, and you think of that now, and you're like, why? That's shit. But that was the thing, and that's why you have Evertonians go, an older generation of Evertonians, like my. Um, Soon to be father and stepfather, whatever his father-in-law saying, "Cause uh, clop, clippity clop," and it's like, and it, there's nothing you can say back to that. It's actually more disarming than saying like, "Then you cut, you to call him a Nazi or something because he's German." You know what I mean? Like, it's more disarming in, to be da- daft funny, and that's what like the um, the banter was for you know, and that's what it's so much. It's like why on. I like people calling people a meth or something yeah. like that. Now it's it's actually well call better. someone a meth or a divvy, and it's well worse than calling them a twat you know what I mean because it's just because it's again it's disarming it's like it's again it's and it's done with the right it's done with the right smile and that's where that's what's been lost a lot from these games and I know the um the, the Toffee TV lads hated the the Merry Christmas Everton thing but again it was just a it's laugh. not acidic, is it? Well, no, exactly. It was just funny. It was just a laugh. It was just something spontaneous that came out from it. It didn't do anyone any harm. It didn't, you know, no one was going to bed thinking about that on the, on the other side at the end of the night. It was just, a, it was just a, a fun, funny thing. And too much of that's been lost. And this is the thing. And it's all come back to the whole... To come back to the the murderous thing. And people can say, it's not about Hillsborough. I don't care if it's about Hillsborough or not. The point of the matter is, there's no there's no excusing Heisel. Hmm. There's no, you know, you can look at the 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 the, the, the safety record, the stadium. You look at all the incidents around it, and there, as everything, there are shades of grey to it. It's not important. People died at a football match. Making it into a stick to beat people with is just, it's if nothing at the at the very at the very at the worst, it's it's disgusting. At the very best, at the very best, it's just a, a real boring lack of originality. You know what I mean? There should be whatever happened to to reacting to stuff that you've seen, and maybe, maybe, and hopefully, you know, some of this will this will start to to fade out more and more. I would hope, you know, uh, uh, you know, like this, this, some of the bitterness with Man United will fade out with us. To them, if we're able to get ourselves back to reasonable, or they drop off a little bit. Let's be honest. And similarly, if Everton are able to have some successes, some more successes on the pitch, maybe I, they'll be more asked about. I that think stuff, a, you know? a large problem with this, and it's definitely going in the bin. But it should be more than just the Liverpool Everton thing. It should be more than just the murders. It's it's every football fan that does all of this type yeah. of stuff, you know. And there are the Man United fans, the Liverpool fans, Everton fans, Millwall fans. You name the club, they've yeah. all got problems with this in some way, shape, yeah. or form. Like uh, it's much bigger than just Liverpool and Everton. And I think that. I don't know whether social media has fueled this in some way, mm-hmm. but giving people a lot of anonymity 
in set and a, and a, and, a, and a big audience in certain platforms isn't helping this yeah. definitely. Well, yeah. um, so it it's one of those things. You know, people can hide behind Twitter photos and stuff. And this is one of the, the reasons that I think that lots of people like Redmen and Arsenal Fan TV and all these type of fan channels is because they can see a face yeah. and they can see a consistent face and a face you you can't you were listening to the podcast but you know what we look like. <laughs> it's the RedmenTV.com. You can see that person and that person's views are there and they're there every single week yeah. and you know whether it's sunny whether it's raining whether we've won whether we've lost we're there we're consistent yeah. we say the same type of things because that's that's our viewpoint yeah whereas you know somebody who let's say is going from 15 years old and has a twitter account and believes one thing and spouts a load of vile abuse by the time they're 18 they might change well and they'll just create a new account whereas yeah. we don't have that facility yeah it's true our faces forever tagging <coughs> certain things and you yeah. know there's, there's things that i've said on camera that yeah. shouldn't have been said yeah but you know i'm a lot older now i'm, I'm two years older now um i'm more wise if nothing else um that i wouldn't say that type of stuff and yeah. i wouldn't say anything intentionally to piss off people, yeah. Unless it's a friendly banter. Yeah. Look at the look at the why I hate Man United video that we did a while ago. Yeah. If you take that down to the crux of that video, it's be, it's ultimately because they're better than us. Yeah. And I might say some rather mean things about a few people, like I might call Paul Scholes a big beanhead or whatever. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, I was jealous of them because yeah. Paul Scholes was an amazing midfielder, yeah. and that's what football <laughs> banter should be built on, not on fucking. Murdering and chance and all that type of stuff. Yeah, murdering and death at a, at a game at a game of footy, like you know. And that's the thing that gets me is that the support, the support for for the big things. You know what I mean? Like the support, the 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 the, the, the swell of support for Hillsborough, for Munich, and for you know the, the bad the fire and the, now. exactly, exactly the Ibrox disaster, all this kind of stuff. These things, you know, and you, you think they would be enough forever to go. Yeah, you know what. Let's you know it's yeah put a put a human face to these things and people seem to have less and less of a problem with them but there's some things that transcend it and I think that the murderous thing I think there's a lot of people who, when it boils down to it it's become a it's become a thing I don't think people, I don't think a lot of people who do it think about it it's the same way that Liverpool fans don't think about singing young fans don't think about singing Munich songs they do the week at one of the um, coach greetings. And there was a, a bunch of young lads who were probably about 13 sat on a wall and they started singing Munich songs and everyone went, boo, fucking shut up, you knobheads. You know, blah, blah, blah. And this is a good thing, I mean, you see the social media thing is you've got, I think there's there's a lot of being young that you you try these, you try things and you say things, you test the boundaries of your world, don't you? Yeah. And people, and this is what it needs to be though, people need to be stepping up. An older generation needs to be able to turn around and go, Shut your, shut your face. Shut you know what I mean? Because this is the problem that social media exacerbated big time. Because again, this is just the same thing. It, 15 years ago, these people were in little forums isolated groups and they were, whatever, in, yeah. they were in chat rooms that you had to literally go and see whereas because of Twitter and because of Facebook it's in your main it's in one news feed these days isn't it you know what I mean so it does exacerbate it but yeah you're right it's uh, ultimately you know trying to trying to gain points off death and and heartbreak and all that kind of stuff needs to get needs to get in the quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, okay. Listener questions. Then thank you very much to everyone who sent this one. And the first one comes from Timothy Farhan. Uh, Farhan, sorry, um, on the Facebook uh, and uh, he's pandered to our ego tremendously, which is why he comes first. Hi, Paul and Chris. Just wanted to say that I'm really enjoying the Redmen TV's new podcast. Nice. Thank you. Uh, I'm a long-time fan of Redmen TV and retro football TV content. Please keep up the good work. My question for your podcast is, what is the most optimistic you've been at the start of a season before a single football has been kicked and why? Personally, for me, it was watch- after watching Istanbul uh, Miracle 2005, the Stephen Gerrard show in the FA Cup 2006. I was adamant that the so, uh, 06 07 season was finally going to be the year Liverpool would lift the Premiership title that sadly still eludes us to this day all the best and keep up the good work Tim says great work to be fair um, so a really hard question you know I know I actually know I knew my answer instantly on I this one. think mine's 2008-2009 absolutely correct that's the correct answer I don't know it was my correct answer why because Rafa had been building each and every season, and yeah. you know we'd had the we'd had the obviously the Champions League, then you know we had the FA Cup, but we consistently finished a place higher in the league, didn't mm-hmm. we? Uh, and I, and I, I just felt like we could skip it and get to the top of the league. I felt like you know Cristiano Ronaldo and all that were playing for Manchester United, but I thought with Fernando Torres there mm-hmm. and with Steven Gerrard, the way that we'd ended the season before, that we could really step up and win the Premier League, and we were so so close. Yeah, no, completely. The reason for me was. It was one of those things. I, I, I'm a big fan of like signs and stories and all that kind of stuff. And it was after Spain won the Euros in 2008, and I won. I put a few quid in them to win that, and I took me winnings. And because of the Spanish connection and all that kind of stuff, and you had the likes of Torres coming back buzzing from that competition, I took me winnings from Spain from Spain winning the Euros and put it on Liverpool to win the title. Because I was just, I had that feeling. It was just deep inside me. I couldn't, I couldn't explain what it was. I was just so convinced we were winning the league that season. And that was the one where I, every Friday I finished work and I'd go to the bookies and I'd put a quid on Liverpool to win the title every single week throughout that season. And sometimes it was really loud. Sometimes it went out a little bit depending on the performances. Um, but yeah, it was so. And when we, you know, it looked like it was all going tits up in the January and then we got really, really close. And it was like, God, there was that real. Feeling it was going to be our year, and as I say, ultimately it wasn't. But yeah, for me that was that was it. I, I like you said, we we we've been building year on year, and then it just had that that real vibe about it, which is funny because. 13-14 I didn't have that vibe at all pre-season no. that was probably one of the lowest we've year been. and the fact that we didn't even get that until it was like end of January when we started to go it was we started, the whole wasn't it yeah, well, we started to look at well no I mean 
we got beat by Hull, didn't we? Yeah, it was, it was after like, Hull. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was like, we got into January, we beat Arsenal, we beat, we beat Everton. And we started to look at it and go, okay. And then it was obviously around the time with all the Hillsborough Quest stuff as well, and it all felt like a perfect storm. But that didn't come until the, you know right at the back end of the season. But yeah, it was probably yeah, going back to eight or nine. But the last time I was that, yeah. I was dead. I think the the, the the thing about the thirteen fourteen season was that you're right. It was the it was the twenty five years of the Hillsborough stuff, and it just felt. But it was only from yeah, you're right, January February time when that started entering people's consciousness, collective consciousness, and everyone started talking about it. Twenty five. Five years since Hillsborough, and we look like we're gonna get well, there was that, for the '96. The musical oh, came man, out, yeah. and we were all singing that. And you had the uh, there was, a, I think that might have been when the celebration of the '96 game might have happened. In fact, it was. And then, so all the all the ex players were back, and you had um, Margaret Aspin on the pitch talking about go on, go win the go win the league, and all this. And it was like, yeah, this Pharrell is, Williams was out with Happy. I mean, uh, that was a perfect storm, mate. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, obviously, obviously it, never, it never did. But like I say, that. I didn't feel that up, feel that up, feel that optimism at all. That had been drilled out of us by the end of the Benitez, the Hodgson, and then a bit of the, the Kenny regime, of course. Um, brilliant Good question, question, though. Thanks very much, Timothy. Brilliant. Um, ben uh, Coates. Well, I'm going to go with Ben Coates. Nice. Because uh, why not? Um, have you ever had to sit in a home section while watching Liverpool, um, but it was at an away game? Yeah, Everton. I was going to ask you about this. Yeah. Do you want to tell the story? Yeah, that was it. Um, no, I was w- with my brother in, I don't know, I, I, I thought it was the Gladys Street, but I think he said it was the Bullens. Mm-hmm. I don't know the name of the stand. Or Lower. I don't know, maybe Lower Bullens, I'm not sure. Like, But I'd, I'd thought for years it was the Gladys Street, and we were talking about this, I think it was when we were doing a kick documentary last year, and he corrected me and said it was the Bullens and not the uh, not the Gladys Street. Either way, I'm sat next to our stay. First, first couple of minutes, they start singing, we don't care what the red shites say, all that bollocks that they do for every game not just the derbies apparently um <laughs> that's like their thing zed cast came out was horrible we end up beating them 3-1 anyway and every and i couldn't i couldn't stand up when liverpool i couldn't you can't celebrate you can't you just cannot celebrate and goodness and if you're a liverpool fan in their end and every single time liverpool scored i just squoze his leg <laughs> dead fucking hard like and he was fucking fuming he was at the point where he was gonna dob me in his own brother was gonna stand up and say fucking copite yeah, red shite and all this type of stuff and I'm like are you for real like and he's fucking uh, comes at half time he's having a pop at me at half time like and I'm sort of cowering away thankfully this was before the red men so I could never do this now like yeah. and um yeah, and then they all start singing, stand up if you hate the copites or whatever it is that they sing. And Steve looks at me and everyone stood up around me and I just sheepishly had to stand up because people were starting yeah. to look at me. So I, I, I hate this and I hate the fact that I did oh, it, yeah. but I wouldn't be here today without it. Oh, no, so I've had to stand up and, you know, it's one of the lowest moments, <laughs> but also the entire game was one of the highest moments oh, yeah. I've ever had. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a few, no, none, that, none that come close to that, but I, I, I do remember going to see Liverpool Palace, I think it was the opening game of the season back in, 90, I think it was 93, 94, and we beat them, it was either 4-1 or 5-1. Um, and I, yeah, I was in with the Palace fans, and I'd wanted to, I wanted to wear my Liverpool shirt, and my mum told me I wasn't allowed to, so I had to sit with them, and it was like family friends. So it was their son, who's about five years older than me, and his dad, and my dad was in with the Liverpool, was in with the Liverpool fans in the away end, and uh, it was one of the, I, I lost count of the score, and I turned round to to to, to my mate, I was like, what's the score? And he fucking 
the lip that we like, you know what I mean? Like, 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 like I forgot. Like, how could you forget the score? I genuinely, we'd scored that many goals. I genuinely lost count. But it was funny because there was a fella, there was a few Liverpool fans dotted about, and there was one Palace fan, this older fella, he was off his head, about five rows in front, and he was just kicking off at the little pockets of Liverpool, like screaming at them, hell abuse. And I, I'd have been like 10, 10, 11 or whatever at this, at this time. And um, yeah, I genuinely started to shit myself like I mean this guy eventually got eventually got chucked out but it was a good yeah, one the, the other one that being. stands out for me was when we went to Real Madrid you know, I'd sorted the tickets for me and your dad I think I'd sorted all three tickets anyway and mine and your dad's tickets were in the Liverpool end weren't they and it was something we were talking about it maybe it was in the build up or maybe it was on the way or something and your dad your dad's dream was to watch Liverpool against one of like the Real Madrid's and Barcelona and he'd never done that had he yeah. And he really pissed me off actually in, in one way because it was his dream, and I was like, I can't fucking split him and his son up. So I basically <laughs> gave them two the tickets together so that your dad could fulfill one of his life dreams with his son by his side. Like, yeah. well, um, get beat in the burnabout. But still, you know, it's, it's his dream, not yours. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I, I ended up in the Real Madrid section, not with the ultras or anything like that. And there was loads of Liverpool fans in that section. And I was on my own and I was Tom in it. I was like, exactly like Tom goes the match in the Real Madrid section. with James? Mm, maybe it wasn't with James. Yeah, maybe it was the two of us then. James Ward listed. The man who's delivered Chris so many tickets. I know, and, he, and sorted that ticket out for <laughs> us as well. <laughs> Sorry, James. I blanked it uh, out there, mate. I'm ap- apologies. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we gave it fucking large, like absolutely large, and to the point where at the end of it, like we were we were getting some funny looks and people were screaming in Spanish, which is fine. I don't understand it, so it's cool. <laughs> uh, uh, and you can scream abuse at me in other languages. I'm not going to take it to heart. I just know that I'm going to. I'm just know that I'm going to sing loud, and that's what we did. Um, but the the ended up when the, some Real Madrid fans came up to us at the end of the game after us, you know, ninety whatever minutes of just screaming our hearts out when we're getting beat and whatever. And they just thanked us and said, "Well done, that's fucking brilliant." The oh, way amazing. that you did that and stuff like, yeah. and that was the nice side of going, uh, going and seeing your team and sitting in a different stand. Yeah, absolutely. The only other, I think, there's only the one more example. I watched this play Aston Villa. It was the last or the second to the last game of the season. I think it was the last twelve, thirteen, or thirteen, four. I can't 12, remember. 13, Eleven, twelve, or twelve, thirteen. And um, Stuart Downing scored the only. I think he scored the winner. For Villa, and it was just shite. It was we were in the main, upper main stand, and it was dead quiet, and it was surrounded by a load of like Villa day trippers, which was hilarious. Got chance this bunch of Americans who just were kitted out. They clearly gone the club shop and de- claret and blued themselves, and they were like, uh, "Can I can I ask a question? Are these guys actually any good?" <laughs> we were like, "No, not really, mate." And then of course they went and beat us pricks. Uh, but yeah, that was it. That was a bit of a shit experience. Uh, but yeah, really good question. That thanks Ben, um, Tom Blount. Is it too much to ask? Just go and dick all over the blue shite this weekend. No, you can ask. You can ask away. We, I think Tom got... Blount's been a fan of Redmen for years. Yes. By the way, I've seen his name for years. Thank you very much for watching. Good on you. Good on you, Tom. Um, no, you're right. You've got to ask the questions, haven't you? I don't. I, I. What here's what I here's what historically would ha- happen in the in this game is Everton starting to come up come up the hill, feelings of positivity, and they're looking and going, maybe this will be the one. And Liverpool put them back in the place. That's what has historically happened yeah, over the last. Push them back years. down the hill. Exactly over the last eighteen years. So I wouldn't, you know, it would not shock me if Liverpool did that, you know, because I, I said I said this on Social Club this week that I think they're only they're only a defeat or two away from going. 
you know what seventh is a decent is a decent season for us. We can rebuild and look ahead to next season. They're not too far away from mentally being on the beach. Mm. It would be lovely if we were the team that set that set that course for them. To be perfectly honest, but I do I do feel as though this one will be. There'll be more. There'll be a lot more to this game. It wouldn't again equally if this if this ended up as a mad two all or three three all draw. I'd be equally. I'd take another ninety second minute Mane when I like. Yeah, whatever three points, whatever it whatever it takes. Um, Harshall underscore Harshall B on the Twitter says, uh, does Sacco's skill outweigh his attitude issues, and should he be given away back if we can't land a top centre back? No. Not Sorry, no, I just don't think that's right. I, I, it's just it's a fundamental thing that I have, and I think you know when we had this thing whereby in my own work we had a problem with uh, a minority of people who cause fractions and stuff. Not like. not a problem with my, a minority. No, no, no. It's uh, you know <laughs> it was three people of Polish descent, and my dad's Polish. Um, <laughs> some of your best friends are Polish. <laughs> some of your best friends are Polish. Um, look, and they had problems in the kitchen with some of the English lads and stuff, and. You can't, you can't get past that once it's done. If it's bad and it's in the workplace, you just can't get past it. And it took us like two months and stuff, and we ended up solving the problem. Not, not in a way that I agreed with, to be perfectly honest with you. But I was, I was the manager of the restaurant, but I had to work within the confines of the rules of the organisation and shit. Um, there you go. That's like business talk ended with and shit. And shit. That's what happens. Yeah. That's what you mix me with all that type of stuff. So, I think my fundamental viewpoint on it is shaped from running businesses in the past and mm-hmm. once you've got bad harmony in a, in a place you can't get rid of that you know yeah. what I mean and I think you know taking that to Mamadou Sacco he's a great centre back I was doing this on the news this morning market value I'd put him at 30-35 million pounds but value to Liverpool right now what people think they can get him for yeah. is closer to 20 million pounds because everybody knows that him and Klopp have had a fall out yeah. it doesn't look like there's a way back for Mamadou Sacco I think as Liverpool fans we've just got to forget about him mm. yeah no it's but I think it's one one of those things and I, I get the disappointments in it because if nothing else I, every time I play Pro Evo and I pick Liverpool's defence and it auto starts with Sacco right in there and I go he's better than Lovren or he's better than Matip and he's better than Clavan and, he, and he, he's, he's, a, he's a proper licensed player so he's got his cool air and I think he's good I just put, I put him in but for the start I also I look I, I think Sacco is a very very good player I am a, even though our defence has not been vastly improved in his absence I still feel more relaxed with Matip Lovren or Matip Clavan than Sacco in the team because as much as I enjoyed certain aspects of his game I think he's, he is a really good he's a really good player he still had me on edge the way the way the way he actually moves and uh, and plays he's an aw- he's an awkward bastard um but as you say that that thing of there will be a disappointment because in, in in pure stats and numbers terms you're making your squad worse by getting rid of a French international who is in prime age etc etc but um as you say I I still think Klopp and this is not to do with ownership or money or whatever I think Klopp would rather have less talented people who buy into the philosophy. First and first and foremost. So no, I, I I agree with that. I think, you know, who knows? You know, he's putting in a good shift for Crystal Palace, and maybe it maybe it was maybe you know, maybe it's a last chance saloon type of thing, and maybe he comes back and it's he's grown as a person because we always said it ourselves already. You can't people can change changes people, okay. and I would put, I wouldn't put it past Mamadou Sacco to completely change his uh, 
change his ethic or whatever. I don't think, yeah, I don't think him as a person probably needs to change that much. You know, look the work that he did in the community and stuff for mm. Liverpool. It's how he fit in with that squad, and, and it's it's about knuckling down when when it's the right time to knuckle down, and yeah. that's what I think Klopp had the fallout with Saka over, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. it was, you can look at like a, a Markovic or whatever and think. I can't. No amount of performances are going to change are going to change him for that. He, that that is who he is, and you sort of with the likes of Balotelli, seen it with you know whatever Aholani or whatever. If anyone's likely to do it, I think Sacco's as likely as anyone. Mm. But as we said already, I, what I don't know what he's proven, what how he or how he would go about proving it because you know when Liverpool struggled for for bodies at some point at points during the season. It's almost amazing that someone of that calibre has not even been considered for the first team, which tells you should tell you all you need to know, I guess, about that. Um, Daniel underscore, I'm sorry, we've already had Daniel underscore Robson because I've put this in a weird order. Um, But he does ask again. Robson. uh, Nearly asked the opening question, but would you have Liverpool win the league, but it meant you couldn't watch or listen to any of the games that season? Yeah. Yeah. You know why? Because we won the league. Because you could watch it back on DVD at the end yeah, in one sitting and get bladdered and cry, you know. Like, I, so the FA Cup final 2006, I was working for that game and we were chock. I was working, working I, was, I was managing a bar in Liverpool at the time and it was like five deep. There was only two of us on for the for the, for the hour, two hours building up to the game and then the manager turned up and someone else, the, the owner sorry, turned up and, and someone else turned. so we had about four of us it was nowhere near enough and it was mental and then the, the, a, a, a bottle of Guinness leaked or an entire barrel leaked all over the cellar floor so I missed Jamie Car- that was as Jamie Carragher's own goal went in yeah. so I was cleaning Guinness up off the floor while this game's going Liverpool had gone down and, and then it got to the penalties and the big scream went off and it was just the most stressful day of my life and I got in that night and I had the game recorded and everyone had gone to bed it was like midnight and I had two bottles of wine and I looked at B and I just sat there got bladdered watched the game and genuinely wept when we when, when we finally won it at the end I could I could fuss I could I could live with that if it meant I get to watch it I go and watch the parades and I, I do all that stuff yeah I'd take find a way to be shit that year like you hosting them all well we'd have to wouldn't we yeah yeah imagine so what happens <laughs> anyone know that? well I've seen the score Liverpool won <laughs> who, who were the goal scorers so, oh, he's good. I've heard he's good. I mean, we only signed him in the summer, so I've not seen him play yet. Um, yeah, no, that is, that, yeah, I think it goes without saying. We would take that. We would definitely take that one for the team. Uh, so there you go. That's all the questions we've got for you this week. If you want some more of this, we're going to be answering a few more questions uh, on the exclusive section, which is on the RedmenTV.com. I'm looking at the camera as I say this. Uh, if you're a subscriber, you just there's nothing more for you to do. You just need to keep watching, and it will it will it will just become. It will become that. Uh, if you're listening to this on on Acast or iTunes, please do give it a five star rating. Would be would be tremendous. Thank you. Uh, and if you fancy leaving a review, that would be great. Reviews you know, are boss. We yeah, love the reviews. Yeah, I think there's a lot of this. You know, people talk about it. it's it's why. Look, we like people saying nice things about us, but we also. We're told it's for an algorithm that makes us look better. We like climbing the charts. We want this to be the the best Liverpool podcast in the world. Um, so the more reviews and votes and all that kind of stuff will only drive us up and tell your mates to get involved. And Does it mean we'll get guests? Does it mean we'll get guests? Yeah, for the podcast. We're never getting guests on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, so it's, 
Uh, if you want guests, then you can. You, we've got exclusive shows, obviously, for listeners. We do three shows behind the paywall on the RedmenTV.com every week, normally around an hour each, covering every single aspect of Liverpool Football Club, news, match reviews, stats, as Chris has said, and loads of extra things coming up as well. What about uh, if Xabi Alonso said he wanted to come on the podcast? Unlucky, Zabby. What about Jamie Carragher? We could do like a special podcast. A bonus pod. Yeah, it wouldn't be this podcast. This podcast will only ever be me or you. Occasionally, if one of us is really sick, we might have to draft someone in, but let's let's cross that bridge when we get to it. Sick. Sick. We come in, do the content, and then go over. Go over. Sick. That's what we normally do. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, thanks very much for, for listening. Um, but, yeah, thanks. And uh, we'll, we'll be back next week with another Red Men TV podcast. Walk on.